Hello, this is Yarrow, and welcome to the Entrepreneur's Journey podcast. Today's guest is Joel Friedlander. Hello, this is Yarrow Starek, and welcome to an Entrepreneur's Journey podcast interview. Today's guest on the line with me is Joel Friedlander, who uh, basically wrote me an email, and I, I want to read it out because I was just speaking to Joel on how to introduce him and t- say a claim to fame or some sort of overall picture of what he's done with his blog and, and so forth. And as we were talking, it, it, his email does a great job of it. So first of all, Joel, let me uh, read out your email, then we'll get, get to talking to you, okay? Okay. <laughs> Here we go. So Joel sent me this. I went through Blog Mastermind in 2010, and it taught me just about everything I needed to know to get my blog up and running quickly. At the time, I was 62, and although technologically competent, new to the world of blogging. Your course put me on track to build the biggest authority blog in my niche, which is independent book publishing, get speaking engagements all over the country, skyrocket the prices for my services and consulting, and eventually spun off a highly profitable e-commerce site in 2013, with another one coming in 2014. My blog has consistently been voted one of the best in its field. I was named one of the top 10 publishing pros to follow online in 2014 by Writer's Digest and many other kudos. And a couple of weeks ago, I ran an affiliate promotion for my blog that grossed $33,000 in about five days, and it all started with Blog Mastermind. Joel, that's the best testimonial I've heard in a long time, so thank you for sending that through. (laughs) And it's all true, Yarrow. And in fact, I... I just want you to know, since I wrote that email, it's gotten even better because we ran another affiliate promotion right behind that one, and it just blew that one out of the water. And that the second one, I believe we grossed over $46,000 in about five days. Right. So you do, do all of this in the niche of helping people get published with their book. Is that correct? Exactly right. How to... Uh, uh, my tagline on my blog is practical advice to help build better books. And what you said to me earlier off the air, I found interesting. You said a lot of your audience aren't in it for the money. They, they just want to publish a book, which is a, that's a different motivation for like someone like myself. It's usually publishing a blog to make money. So have you found that uh, you know, affected the way you build the business? You know what's very, very interesting, Yarrow, and I was, uh, I've was i read a lot of your articles, obviously, over the years, and I was just reading one that was um, concentrating on how important it is for you to know your readers. And this comes out of a lot of research of mine over the last few years, but I also am a self-publisher. I started self-publishing in the 1980s, and most people in the, in the field of self-publishing don't actually do it for the money. Hey, sure, everybody would like to be very successful and have tens of thousands of people buy their book. But that's not what's driving them. What's driving them is is uh, putting their ideas out into the marketplace, communicating with people, finding uh, people with similar interests, you know, sharing their expertise. You know, and that's very rich. There, it's a lot of richness in that from a personal point of view. And the money is kind of secondary. Uh, oh, I'm I'm really curious now then to to learn your own motivation and going back in time, Joel. If if you were first self published, and uh, you know, it's a bit of a dream I think for people to make a living doing what they love. And I guess you might be a good example of 
combining what you love and then creating an ancillary service sort of around it to help people with it. And that's how you can make a living, yet you can also be a, a self-published author as well. But and I have to ask, you've obviously published a few books of your own, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I probably haven't published as much as I should because I love writing. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've, I started publishing in the 1980s. The last book I published was uh, 2011, A Self-Publisher's Companion. It sold fairly well, Yarrow, and it was completely taken from blog articles I had written. I just mm. assembled the blog articles, re-edited them, reformatted the book, and published them. Fantastic. That's a great strategy for rapid book creation, isn't it? Okay. Well, you know, Yarrow, something about bloggers is that bloggers don't realize that they're in the perfect position to take advantage of this new independent publishing paradigm. You know, and uh, I know that in the last year or so, a lot of uh, internet marketing people have moved into Kindle ebooks, but the whole publishing field, I mean, there is a huge amount to gain. And bloggers, more than anybody else I know, are in the perfect position to make that uh, profitable for themselves. I have noticed a lot of the people I interview for these podcasts, if they are a specialist like yourself, it's often a combination of a successful blog, a successful book or several, a newsletter, and then some kind of product or service or several products and services that are, are sold around that. And that, that seems to be this really great platform formula as a writer, as a creative expert for having an online business. And it sounds like you, you might be another example of that. Like you have all those pieces as well, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. In the book itself, you know, there have been many studies about the uh, impact of publishing a book. And even though today, in 2014, we all know that it's no longer that difficult to publish a book, that you can publish a book by yourself and you can actually do it for next to no money, it's still true that being a published author gives you a certain kind of gravitas or authority that you don't have without it. And uh, studies have shown that uh, business people who publish books stand to make about $100,000 more over the rest of their career than they would have if they hadn't published that book. Well, it's pretty clear you know what you're talking about, Joel. So let's, let's quickly do a, a jump back in time. Now, you said in the 80s you were already publishing. Uh, this is pre-internet, I assume. Were you, you know, a writer since childhood? Is this a, an early-day passion? Uh, yeah, I, I've been writing a long time, but actually <clears throat> I got into it because because uh, I was in the publishing industry, and then I went out on my own and started my own company uh, providing services to the publishing industry. So I'm, I'm a service provider and a vendor uh, uh, to the publishing industry. And what I noticed was I self-published uh, because I had a book that I knew that no publisher would be interested in. And I ended up selling about 10,000 copies of that book, although it took quite a while to do that. Uh, Is that before um, the Internet? Yeah, that was before the internet. Yeah, wow, that must have been hard work. Uh, also, I spent time in the direct mail industry also. So, um, you know, I knew the publishing industry. Yeah, it was all uh, direct mail, mail you know, uh, presentations, uh, advertising in print magazines, compiling snail mail lists. You know, I had a list of about 10,000 people uh, by the time I quit publishing. I actually had my own publishing company for a while, but... Uh, 
um, you know, as a service provider, that's what led me to get into blogging originally, because uh, you know, picture yourself as a book designer. You know, a book designer has a lot of trouble finding people who need a book to be designed. You got to hit the right people at exactly the right moment in there in the creation of the book. So, uh, you know, basically, I, I was a business-to-business type uh, provider. My clients were all publishing companies. And then I noticed a lot of self-publishers started calling me up and saying, would I create a book for them? And I started working with a lot of self-publishers back in the 90s. I'd love for you to take us forward because I, I know the book publishing industry has to be one of the most heavily disrupted as a result of the internet. And yet you've been able to kind of ride the transitions by the sounds of things. So can you take us forward from the 1990s and when the internet you know, connected into this world? Sure. I mean, it was, uh, you know, I'm an old print guy. I, I grew up with print and uh, typography and uh, linotype and all that stuff. So it's been really fascinating for me to watch print on demand, ebooks, and the internet uh, have such a huge influence on the uh, book publishing. But, you know, I was sitting there and uh, it was really hard to find people to even just talk to about stuff I was interested in. Like, if I wanted to find somebody who wanted to talk about type fonts, you know, that's pretty challenging before the Internet. Uh, you know, you could find maybe five people, uh, in, you know, in your local area if you were lucky. So when I uh, – in 2009, I was uh, – you know, we had a company. Uh, my wife's in the mortgage business, <clears throat> and uh, the mortgage uh, business went through a big uh, disruption in 2008. You might remember that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know – now, I started looking around for some other way to replace the income that we were missing. And as a service provider the, to publishers and authors, I thought, gee, it would be great to be able to find some new clients. And that's why I started my blog, because I knew that the way to find clients in the, uh, in the new era was on the Internet. So did you have any presence online? Because that's, that's already late 2000s. I, I would, would have thought you would have at least had a website if you're offering these publishing services. By then, are you still 100% offline? Yeah, I had a small um, website with about five pages. And uh, I had actually been out of the publishing business for a number of years, helping my wife in her mortgage business. Right. And, and then when the crash came, I thought, well, time to go back into book publishing. So it was really quite interesting. I came to it very fresh. Um, there were a lot of things that happened in, in the time I had been out of the industry. And when I started looking around, I put up a, a website and Yarrow, I had this one thing. I kept looking at this website over and over again, and there was one question I had I could never answer. And the question was this, why would anybody come to this website twice? You know, I could see why they'd come once, but they would never come back. I mean, there was nothing there. There was no there there. It was just like a placeholder in the uh, in on the internet for my company. But it did nothing for me. i Pretty sure I never had three visitors, and uh, it was uh, pretty disappointing, actually. Okay, so, yeah, this sounds like you're having a second career, going back to what you knew, but it's been several years. You don't have everything established. Uh, It's the Internet. It's a new era, and Kindle would have popped up soon, too. I'd love to hear how that impacted things. So, But can you take us first? Okay, so you've got a brochure website. It's not performing in terms of as a, a business tool. What did you do next? 
Well, I discovered uh, blogs. And, uh, you know, I was very late to the game. Uh, you know, you had been online for years by then, probably five years. Uh, and I started reading, and then I started reading articles, and then I started realizing, hey, these articles are all being written by bloggers. And uh, they're publishing all the time. And I'll tell you something that really connected for me, because I've been very involved in self-publishing and individual expression. And I realized that there was a, just a natural link between blogging and self-publishing, that they weren't really all that different. You know, you get the control of the tools of uh, publishing, whether it's online publishing or print publishing and all of a sudden you have a voice in the world you are now a media site you are actually publishing content you know there's a reason that button in wordpress says publish right <laughs> yep that's funny. so that's where i was and i thought you know i love this blogging thing now in the two years before I started my blog, I had spent quite a bit of time practicing what's called free writing. And I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's a kind of a practice to help you free your inner voice uh, and your writing, uh, practice your writing muscles. And um, so I spent about two years practicing free writing, and we would sit down and set a timer, and you'd have a prompt, some kind of uh, thing to get you going, and then you would just write as fast as you possibly could until the timer went off. And the rule was you couldn't stop writing, you can't prejudge anything, and you never take your pen off the paper if you're writing with a pen. You just nonstop writing. Now, I didn't know it at the time, Yarrow, but this was absolutely perfect practice for becoming a blogger. Mm. <laughs> Is that how you write your blog posts? You sort of turn a timer on and... <laughs> Not anymore, but, you know, it developed my writing skills uh, just fantastically. So, yeah, when I started blogging, I realized uh, once I understood the structure of a blog post and the formatting of the blog post, I could sit down and write a thousand-word blog post that was pretty much basically finished in about 40 minutes. So that, that gave me a huge advantage, and um, so I decided – hey, you know, this might be both fun because I love writing and profitable because I have a lot of knowledge about how books are constructed. This is very niche stuff, by the way. I mean, this is uh, details. It's about type fonts, margins, paperweights, stuff that nobody really cares about mm. until you get involved in trying to publish a book. So I sat down and, and uh, started writing, and I realized right away that it was going to take quite a while for me to figure out how to do it. And that's when I ran into Blog Mastermind. Okay, so did you already have the bookdesigner.com, your blog set up, and you were starting, or was this prior to that? I was on a domain called marinbookworksblog.com. Okay. But <laughs> You know, it didn't take me very long, Arrow, to understand that nobody was ever going to find me on that, on that domain. So I uh, ch switched over to thebookdesigner.com in November 2009, actually. I got that domain. I was very happy to get it because I realized right away it had two of my big keywords right in the domain name. And, uh, you know, then I, I, I decided to try to grow my blog as fast as I could. And there were two reasons for that. The first one was 
I was not the youngest guy on the block. I mean, you mentioned I was in my 60s when I started this. Well, when you're in your 60s, you're really conscious of the fact that you don't have an unlimited time frame in front of you. You know, when you're in your 20s, you figure, well, what difference does it make how long it takes? You can just quit this and start again next year. But then when you're in your 60s, you don't have that. And the other thing was I realized that nobody was occupying my specific niche about writing about books in the way I was writing about it to help people create really good quality books. But I felt like, you know, that wasn't going to be that way for very long. I might be the only guy today, but I knew like a month or six months or a year from now, somebody else was going to start writing the same stuff I was writing. So what I wanted to do was create as many articles, as huge an authority draw as I could as the first person out there to kind of guard against other people um, interloping on my territory. Right. And it's funny that you you say there wasn't that much competition. I, I can see that your niche is like a niche of a niche. It's not just book publishing. It's like, I mean, the name of your blog, the book designer, it's an aspect of book publishing or aspects, the typography, the layout, the design. So it's not necessarily how to write, is it? Do you even cover that aspect? Uh, I try to avoid uh, the subject of uh, writing, uh, you know, occasionally I'll have a post on that, but you know, there are so many writers blogs that, that I just avoid that area because I feel like there's, there's no reason for me to go in there. But I will say that, uh, one thing I proved out and I believe I learned this from you actually was that I started very narrow. Uh, I uh, purposely, my, I confined myself very, very narrowly in the, in the book publishing niche but as my blog grew, it's like my readers started to give me permission to, to expand and write about more stuff. So I started writing about book marketing, uh, blogging. I've written a huge amount about blogging for authors and how that works. Uh, you know, how to sell stuff for, you know, if you're a nonfiction author, how you monetize the work you're doing online and the expertise that's embodied in your book. So I've really gone off in different directions, you know, while staying kind of true to the indie publishing field. Okay. Now, I'd love to learn a little bit how this turned into a money-making business again for you. So you, it was 2010 you joined Blog Mastermind, correct? Yes. Now, you were, yes. were you making a living or any kind of income from this new web presence you had created? I, I was making nothing, Aaron. And, okay. uh, <laughs> you know, uh, as my blog got more popular, I started to get a lot of um, inquiries about jobs. And that fulfilled the initial uh, idea I had for the blog, that is how to find projects to work on, because I was a service provider, so I needed clients. And within uh, about six or eight months, I was inundated with clients. I had more clients than I knew what to do with, and I couldn't possibly service them all. And that was the beginning of when I started thinking about uh, monetizing. And what I did was I really spent almost the entire year, 2010, learning how to blog and trying to figure out how to get people to visit my site. In other words, drive traffic to my blog. And that's basically all I did in 2010 and I was publishing five days a week. 
Right. So did Blog Mastermind help? I know I have a whole chapter or a module on traffic. Did anything work? <laughs> I hope it did. <laughs> hey, Yarrow. You know, Blog Mastermind really is responsible for where I am today. I mean, I, there's, there's, just, there's just no other way to say it. I mean, uh, I studied that course. I must have listened to your audio about the Blog Profits Blueprint maybe five or six times. I just kept listening to it over and over again down at the gym while I was on the elliptical. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and then and then my wife said, you got to buy that course. And I said, are you kidding? I'm not going to spend that kind of money. It's hundreds of dollars. And she said, you're crazy. Just go ahead and buy the course. And, of course, she was right, as she usually is. And um, I went through that course. I, You know, I was just one of those perfect students. I did every lesson. I did every activity in the course. I did every suggested exercise. And it was fantastic. It taught me exactly how to do it. So I spent 2010 just working on uh, building my blog, learning how to be a blogger, learning how to write engaging content, doing all those exercises. It took me about a year to go through the course. And um, and and that that's, was the foundation of everything I built from that point on, 2011, I started trying to figure out how do I make money doing this because I'm having a great time, I'm building my traffic, but there's no money there. Now, before you talk about the money, Joel, I know a lot of people listening to this will be thinking, I'm struggling with traffic. I've, I've set the blog up. I'm, I like my topic. I'm prepared to write and, and do the work. What did you find actually directly brought in the traffic? Can you remember the certain things, especially during that early stage? Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, some of the things that really worked were suggestions from the course. For instance, uh, you had uh, one suggestion where uh, you were supposed to uh, disagree publicly with some famous blogger. I don't know if you remember that. I, I do. I remember uh, being a little <laughs> bit cautious about writing that. Like, don't pick a fight if you, you're not the fighting kind of person. But, you know, if you do have an opinion, don't be afraid to voice it. Yeah, I, well, that created a huge traffic event for me because I picked a fight with Chris Brogan. Okay. And <laughs> Wow. I thought, well, you know, why not? He wrote some article about Amazon and distribution. And I thought, well, here's my chance to do that exercise. And that was the total approach I took. So I wrote an article. I put Chris's name in the title, of, in the headline about why he was wrong. And uh, I wrote about, you know, my thoughts about Amazon and distribution. It doesn't really matter what the post was about. But lo and behold, Chris Brogan came over and started commenting on my blog. I couldn't believe it. I thought, wow, you see, Yarrow, he knows what he's doing. And that, and that, and that article got tremendous amount of traffic. And, you know, I got a lot of new subscribers and stuff uh, just from that. So it was like little events like that. And then uh, doing a lot of guest posting um, you know, uh, networking with other people in my niche, you know, I right away, because I had the specialized knowledge, I had people asking me if they could link to my articles or reprint them or if I would write something for them. And that's really how I built traffic. Although I have to tell you, and for anybody listening to this, it was not fast. Okay. I was a total analytics junkie. I used to check my metrics like every day and write them down and you know the the growth was incremental but it was very very slow that first year i do love that you did so many things about this i love that you did what i taught which is always rare people actually implementing things and even the controversial stuff 
I love that you started this in your 60s because how many people think that technology is too hard when they're you know over over their 40s yeah that it's just no I can't do this it's for younger people which you know is so not true and you're a great example of that and it turned into a business so that's the part I'd love to continue with now so you did all these various traffic techniques you built your audience and when you say you built your audience are we talking hundreds or thousands what do you remember what sort of base you had when you felt that's enough I can start focusing on money now yeah and 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 I and I don't want to um, short circuit the traffic either because there were so many things I did over those years to build traffic you know trying to think about what would be useful to people what would be link bait what would be something people would want a bookmark you know basic stuff and uh, and 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 also I would say the other thing that really helped me was your whole concept of foundation posts that's been critical I think in the, the development of my blog all right so I got to about um, I would say around a thousand visitors a day, which really was pretty mind blowing to me. I couldn't even believe that there were that many people who wanted to read about type fonts and paper and stuff like that. <laughs> and uh, you know, that's the amazing thing about the internet. It, it almost doesn't matter what you're writing about if you do it properly. You're going to find people out there who share what your passion is. And uh, so I got to that point, and also by this time I had put a you know, a huge amount of work in, if you publish five days a week and you're writing all that stuff yourself, that's not a small commitment. You have to be very committed to do that because there were, there were times I didn't want to or it was late at night and I didn't have a post, you know, and you have to sit down there and grind it out and, and you know, and meet your publishing um, deadline. So uh, I got to about a thousand people a day, and I thought, you know, this is crazy because at this point I should be able to make some money from this venture. And that's when I really started trying to work on uh, monetization and conversion and and find a way uh, to connect the traffic to something that people actually wanted and were willing to actually mm -hmm. get out their credit card and pay for. Did you have a newsletter at this stage? No. I okay. tried a newsletter and I knew everybody was doing newsletters. I did three issues of a newsletter and I hated it. And I said, man... I'm never doing another newsletter again. So I changed the name on my email list. You know, it was my newsletter list. I just threw that out. I, was, uh, I don't even know what I call it now. I think I call it my early notification list. But uh, no, I'm not. I, I know that newsletters work. I wish I could do it, but I just don't have the bandwidth to do it. And it's just really painful for me. So I don't do it. Maybe I should clarify I then. Do you have an email list of any kind? Yeah, well, that was uh, that was phase two in learning how to make money okay. from my. I'll, I'll let you continue that. Yeah, so you know, at first I tried selling stuff from my blog, and I started, you know, trying to create things like PDF eBooks. You know, that's kind of easy to do. You collect a bunch of blog posts on a certain topic, put a title on it, put it up for sale, and you know, my opinion is that for most blogs it's really, really hard to sell anything from your blog. And in my business, I, I've transitioned the blog. The blog is, no, is not the vehicle for selling stuff. It is, and, in, and in fact, when I stopped trying to use it to sell stuff, it became uh, more popular and more fun for me because the blog is strictly a platform building and traffic generating device. So I'm much more in the funnel method now. 
you know, I bring people in, uh, and I started in 2000 and early 2012, I really started aggressively trying to build my uh, email list, which I had pretty much neglected before then. I guess we should clarify. So a newsletter, it sounds like it was just a case of producing more content through email versus, and that is an email list. But then you have a targeted email list that might be designed to sell something a bit more than a generic newsletter that just sells updates. It sounds like that newsletter style didn't work for you, but this an email list behind some sort of dedicated process to sell something is well did work for you. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. In other words, <clears throat> by this time, Yarrow, I had also started to study internet marketing. Because one day I realized, and I said to my wife, you know, I'm not sure I'm still in the book publishing industry anymore. I think I'm in the internet marketing industry now. So I really started to apply myself the same way I did the blogging to learning internet marketing. And one of the results of that was to create a very robust uh, ethical bribe, a freebie, um, you know, a lure to give people in a exchange for their email address and to get into a closer relationship with me because at that by that time I was kind of like a guru in the self-publishing field and independent publishing was exploding and that was I was very lucky I just happened to be in the right place at the right time so the PDF I put together I put a lot of work into it's beautifully designed it's a very rich piece of of content, but the reason I did it the way I did was because I knew that anybody who was interested enough to to go through the problem of putting in their email address, confirming it, doing the whole double opt-in dance and downloading it, that was my customer. That was the person I wanted to talk to. They were self-selecting into my market by just by downloading that PDF. So the PDF is right now, and I'm still using the same one by the way. Mm. And right now it's putting about a thousand people a month on my email list. That's fantastic. And what do you sell behind that? Well, I make offers to my list. That's what I do. I mean, uh, and that's how I eventually generated this e-commerce site, but I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, well, I started, I put together a training program for people who wanted to learn how to get into book publishing. It's called the Self-Publishing Roadmap. It's a membership site. I set up a site for that, and um, I launched it off my email list. And the first time I launched it, I had uh, 1,400 people on my email list, which is not a very big list. It's it's not tiny, but it wasn't very big. And um, it generated almost $10,000 in income on that very first launch. So I was very happy about that, and I realized that email was the way the the way that was going to make this all work for me and that's how i work now i use the blog as a platform and traffic generation and all my business and sales are done through email promotions whether they're my own products or somebody else's Mm, it's exactly what i focus on too now basically uh, digital products and services how you monetize and the blog and the newsletter or the email list is the, the traffic and conversion mechanism. It's a, it's a great formula, and you're another good example. So did you go on after this first membership site to create a, a range of products, or how did the e-commerce spinoff happen? Well, I was looking uh, 
for ways to find, you know, I, ha- I now had a pretty big following. I mean, my email list today is probably around 25,000. And, uh, you know, I've, I've had a lot of success with Twitter. I have a pretty big following there, about 35,000 people. And so what I was actively looking for were things that my audience needed to make their life better, to help them reach their goals, because I knew that was, that was the key. Uh, it was all about them and what they wanted to achieve and how my expertise could help them. So um, in that vein, I found I, – I, it took me quite a while, actually. I finally found somebody who could translate my, my book designs, which I've been doing for many years. And, you know, it's just my business, my job. Uh, who could translate my book designs into template products that anybody could use. So you wouldn't have to actually hire a book designer. You could kind of do it yourself. And uh, I did find somebody, and I somebody with a very good technical mind, and I partnered with them, and we set up an e-commerce site to sell those book templates. And it just made the whole process much easier for people and, you know, we were able to sell them at a very reasonable price, and thousands of people have been buying them. They, they're very popular. Now, I have to stop you and, and ask you an important question, especially for the listener. There's a lot of technical components to everything you're talking about here. We, you know, we've got the blog, we've got the email list, we've got a membership site, you've created an e-commerce site with templates. There's a lot of technical things. There's a lot of labor involved with setting this up. And trust me, I've, I've gone through setting up these things, so I know what it's like. <laughs> now, in the email you wrote me, you said you're technically competent, but I, I can't see you having done all of this yourself. Could, could you maybe a list all the tools you've used in terms of, is it WordPress and what, what membership platform and what email list service do you use? And then who's helping you do all of this? Is there anyone? Yeah, well, I am technically competent, but I'm not actually interested in doing a lot of technical stuff because I think it's not a good use of my time, basically. And uh, it is really a sinkhole. You go down that hole. I spent four months building that membership site, and I didn't do hardly anything else. And and I didn't like that. I I hate it uh, because it's just a lot of work, and I could be doing something else more profitably. My blog is on WordPress. I've been on WordPress from day one. I love WordPress. It's, It's really a great tool. I have always had a blog technician for many years. It was Joel Williams, who uh, I met on the Blog Mastermind site. The blog tech guy. And right now, it's, now it's Andrew Rondo. You probably recognize that name also. Mm-hmm. And so I've always had a technician available to solve the technical problems that I couldn't solve. When I built my membership site, I built it with Optimized Press and um, Digital Access Pass. Uh, but the whole membership site setup at that time, it, it was just really, really hard to get it to all work together properly, particularly if you're not a technical person. Um, what else? Uh, I use AWeber. I've been with AWeber since I started my email list, and I'm very happy with them. Uh, haven't had any problems with AWeber. And um, so... The AWeber stuff, I figured out how to do it myself. I thought that was important to know how to do. So, you know, I could do a lot of WordPress. I could do, you know, widgets, sidebars, changing stuff. But when it came time to get, like, a design, I went and hired a blog designer 
to create the overall design for my blog because I didn't feel technically competent to do that. Where did you find them? I networked with people I met in the Blog Mastermind forums. Okay. You might remember Josh Hanegarn, the world's strongest librarian. Okay, yes, that sounds familiar, yep. Yeah, yeah, he was visiting the forums at the time, and I really liked his blog, and I asked him who did it, and he turned me on to his blog designer, and I hired him. And, uh, you know, it's funny about networking, Arrow, because a lot of people get online, and then they don't want to talk to anybody else. They want to, like, do it all themselves. They think it's like you're you're an island somehow, and you're throwing stuff out into the world, and people are going to respond. But I, I found it doesn't really work that way. I think you really have to network, whether it's with technical people, peers in your niche, uh, you know, or whoever. I mean, you have to reach out to people, and, and if you do that, a lot of things will come back to you. Mm. All right. We're getting close to the end of the interview, Joel. I know you have to run off soon. I'm, I'd love to know what it's like today. You, know, you said you had a, a $33,000 month. Is it just a case of you doing like mini product launches now, or how do you currently make a living? Okay, so you know the 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 training program, I, the training I went to after Blog Mastermind when I realized I needed to learn internet marketing was Product Launch Formula, Jeff Walker's program. Right, and I've been part of that community for a few years. I've been to some of the live events and in one of his mastermind groups. So I have uh, used that technology to launch products or to run promotions. It's a really good technology. So. Um, we have day-to-day sales. I still have a book design practice. Now, I have raised my prices enormously since I started because it's just supply and demand. So I'm now able to pick and choose the books I work on, which is very pleasant for me. I don't have any clients who I don't like working with anymore. Um, I've also raised my consulting fees. I started out when I was consulting at $75 an hour. Today, I'm charging $350 an hour, which is more than most of the lawyers I know charge, which is just <laughs> crazy. But, you know, what could you say? There's a demand, and you have a very limited supply. I only do two appointments a week. That's it. I don't have time for more than that. But basically, uh, my income now derives from uh, day-to-day sales on our, on our, our e-commerce site and promotions of either new products I'm bringing out or affiliate products um, that we're helping somebody else launch that are very closely related to my niche. That is, they're of uh, interest to my readers. Uh, For instance, that uh, promotion I talked to you about in the email was about how to learn a software program that many writers wanted to learn how to use, but it's very difficult to learn. And I found somebody who created a great training program, and we put together a a product launch for that. And, you know, I'm really partnering with a lot of people now. So uh, we just did another product launch of a media kit. You know, in other words, you could download all these templates that help you put your media kit together. And I partnered with somebody who's one of the most popular publicity and PR people on the web, John Stewart. So the synergy of of networking and partnering 
doing JVs with other people who also have a following is what's um, stimulating a lot of my growth right now. Mm, fantastic. I, I, it's amazing. I, I know you, you never actually went through and took my, my second course, Membership Site Mastermind, but uh, it's very much like Product Launch Formula with Jeff, but sort of for bloggers. And it, you're doing everything I wrote about it in that course, too. Like <laughs> JVs is, is a fantastically powerful way to, to grow your audience size and also have this synergy of creating product and selling it to both your audiences. So I did that with, with Gideon Shawick in another course. Um, Joel, uh, it sounds like today you've got this wonderful business that's based around your interest. It's very lucrative. You've got speaking, you've got consulting, you get to work on the books that you like. You have an e-commerce business that sells. You have an email list of buyers, of people who pay attention to what you do. It's pretty amazing uh, how, how, what, what you've been able to do, I, I guess, around uh, a market that has certainly changed over the years and you've been able to, to get back into it, I guess is the best way to put it, and and thrive through a lot of hard work, obviously in terms of demonstrating your preeminence and showing that you are an expert using the internet to do so, but you're you're really reaping the rewards now of doing that. Um, one one more question that I'd love for you to answer for the for the listeners in particular. You sound like a guy who's got no hesitation, or maybe you did, your wife might have convinced you initially, but no hesitation to now study courses and you know, join masterminds, work in with a coach perhaps, or you know, take, take actual training programs. When do you think is the right time for a person to you know, put the money down, because it does cost a bit of money to join these programs, versus try and do it yourself with free information like what's your opinion on free versus focused training programs that cost money and hiring coaches sure that's a great question you i think it depends how important the outcome is to you like if you if the outcome isn't that important to you then you know i would say go for the free information because why pay money for it but i would say, but i would say if the outcome really is critical to you or to your happiness or your business success, then you, you have to do what's going to get you there to get you to the goal. Now, since I, you know, and I was very hesitant to buy Blog Mastermind, I have to tell you, I, I really thought it was insane that somebody would charge that much money for the program or that people would pay it. And if it wasn't for my wife putting her foot in my back, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't have done it. But, you know, having had that experience, it clicked. I realized, oh, my God, this has short-circuited my whole learning process to an incredible degree. And, Yarrow, since that time, I've bought numerous training programs because I realized if the outcome I'm looking for is really critical to my happiness or my uh, business, then it's crazy not to do it. And for instance, I've, I've bought $2,000 training programs, which was quite a bit more than what Blog Mastermind cost at the time. But I have gotten a fantastic return from every one that I've actually gone through and put the work into learning what they had to teach. So I would not hesitate. And, and uh, I run into this problem all the time because I do consult with people. And I'll tell them, look, go get this program. And they'll say, you're crazy. It's too expensive. And, and I really feel sorry for the people who don't do it because they don't know what they're missing. 
Well said. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. I mean, I, th- I think obviously you have to look at your finances as well. I, I always think that's an important question. You don't want to spend your your food and rent money on a course if you're in that sort of situation. Then you know, maybe. oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, you have to be off the survival level. I mean, uh, you know, if you're in a survival level, you got to take care of yourself first. But you know, a lot of people now offer um, uh, multi payments or uh, payment plans or stuff like that. It's very easy to do, and you can really get the cost down to where it isn't that expensive. Mm-hmm. Certainly, if you're worried about paying your rent, I wouldn't go buying a $2,000 training program. So you got to get off the survival level first. But I, I, would, I would definitely encourage anyone who's, uh, who wants to get the result that they can see other people are getting or that's, that they know that they're capable of to – you know, invest in yourself. I mean, it's not really investing in somebody else's training program. All you're doing is investing in your own potential. Love it. Joel, where can people find out everything that you do today? Well, they should come over to my blog and check it out, particularly if you're interested in independent publishing. I'm at thebookdesigner.com, and that's thebookdesigner.com. And uh, you can find everything I'm doing right there. Uh, there are links to uh, all my e-commerce training programs and just tons and tons of freebies. I love giving stuff away. I, I recommend everyone take a look at all the different things that Joel's touched on in this interview. If you're wondering how he does his speaking or how he sells it or how he has an e-commerce site and how he has a, an email list with a, a free guide, his, his consulting, consulting services, as well as all the free information, you can see it's like a, it's a vintage blog information selling business. I love it. So you can see a perfect example of it at the book designer. I'll certainly be showing off Joel as a perfect example too. So um, Joel, thank you for joining me on the interview and sharing your story and uh, you know, great work. I wish you continued success with what you're doing and yeah, thanks again. Thank you, Yarrow. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. And thank you, everyone, who has listened in to this point in the interview. Uh, My name is Yarrow. You can find all the other podcasts like this at my blog. Just Google for my name, Y-A-R-O. You'll find my blog, my podcast there. And, uh, yeah, thanks, Joel. Thanks, everyone, for listening in. And I'll catch you again on a future episode. Goodbye. Goodbye.